I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die. Well, I'm in a hurry and don't know why. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm gonna stop doing the construction podcast and I'm just gonna do like a karaoke podcast. Why Everyone's not? been so good lately, man. Well, I, I've listened to a couple of the last shows and I was like, mm. oh, you gotta bump it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> some tough acts to follow john thank you so much for being on the show man I, I i met you like through sandy how long ago now a few years that was a couple of years ago i think yeah, yeah 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 through through sandy our connection at thermary and then mm-hmm. stella jones and we'll get into all that stuff but sure. today's show we are going to talk about decks sure deck material mm-hmm. the deck industry sure we're gonna have a lot of interesting conversations we know that we're going into the fall here in canada <laughs> but I think that if you want to build a deck, you should be talking about it now. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For all the homeowners that do listen, I think that you guys should be talking about it now and getting it all prepped and planned and ready over the winter and mm-hmm. then get going first thing in the spring. Definitely. That's uh, just my crazy pills kicking in right now. No. <laughs> but not, I, I not crazy at all. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get the creds out. John Witt from Deck Protect Inc., Yep. That's your company. You're the owner. You've been in business eight plus years. Website is www.deckprotect.pro. And then your email is sales at deckprotect.pro. And then on Facebook, it's Deck Protect Inc. And then on Instagram, it's at Deck Protect Inc. Yep. Everybody give them a follow. Check them out because you're always sharing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Actually, valuable stuff. We try. <laughs> no, it's really, really valuable stuff. So I want to get on the show with a little bit of history, see how, sure. uh, how you do. Like I, Everybody thinks that I'm smart, but I'm not. I just pulled this stuff off the, the World Wide Web. Sure. <laughs> uh, history. Okay, so here we go. Where did decking originate? Hmm. Where did it all come from? And then when did it begin to become popular in residential construction? So two questions here. A lot of the time, in some of the projects that I've worked on in the past, uh, like older decks, you start seeing things where people were just using like two by six, non-treated, painted. It was out there. It was always an afterthought. So how far back do you think this? As far as I can remember, for that I've been in the industry, it's been growing steadily, but I, as for information for when it started, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a clear date on when I actually started, but I've got a clear tourist attraction, so to speak. The Atlantic White Cedar Boardwalk in the United States was the very original deck. That's where it started. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the date on when that was built, but they started using the Redwood and the Western Red Cedar for that. And they basically made it for the first coast, uh, coastal boardwalk, boardwalk in Atlantic City. Oh, look at that. And so I don't they, even know how far back that goes, but that's where it started. Now, well, regarding residential construction, when you saw your typical decks, it wasn't until the early 1980s. Really? That it started becoming a thing in residential construction. I hmm. thought it would have been a lot sooner than that. I would have thought it too. Um, you know, I but it, it reminds me of like Rodney Dangerfield's film, Easy Money, when he's having the wedding reception in his backyard. There was no deck there and the whole yard was just full of people. But it wasn't a deck and that would have been the early 80s. So I guess yeah. that if you started thinking about all these 80s movies, there wasn't really decks. So it was just getting started. And we never saw decks in the 70s. It was always pools with concrete or stone. Decks didn't really come in until the 80s, man. Really? So that's a little interesting. We just think it's that's probably a, been longer. 
Cool tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I want to get into your business, man. So sure. I want to figure out how did you get into this game? Why, de- why did you go towards this? Started off, I, I've been to trade school. I'm actually a horticultural technician. Really? Uh, uh, started out in the landscape industry, worked a lot of hardscape. That's a hard job. Oh, my god. That's goodness. a hard job. I, I got a lot of respect for the guys and girls that do that. It's nothing but pure weight lifting yeah. all day long on your hands and knees. You're at one with the ground. <laughs> Leather mitts for gloves, for, for hands. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, killer lower backs, young man's job. Knees, and back, everything, yeah. I had kind of a go, go-getter attitude, and uh, I'm feeling it now. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing just sort of uh, evolved into another, started going into some of the hardscape aspects and working woodworking and doing some privacy trellises and arbors and just always really liked working with the wood. Sketch, sketch ideas that you just throw at the client or they were already designed for you? Um, kind of, yeah, no. I was sort of a lead hand on a landscape crew and I just sort of said, hey man, can I start looking after this woodwork got there and people were just like wow that's nice and i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) somebody else want one (laughs) yeah i don't know we got back when stelco was not so great back here i had flipped around uh got into electoral for a bit and the recession hit here and people were dropping jobs so this would have been the late 80s early 90s oh no 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 Uh, this would have been this would have been 2009 would have been, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, that would yeah. have been the last sort of recession that they called it. We called it a recession, but yeah. for whatever reason, the government didn't call it a recession. So bombed around. I was about 25 yeah. around there. So yeah. uh, just got married. Um, I had a great journeyman I was working under, and just the, the work st- sort of stopped. And uh, I had to make a call, and we moved back up north to my parents' place, and I built a fence, and it's been going from there. <laughs> so the the actual decking and hard, or no, not the decking. Sorry, the hardscaping, landscaping. That work stopped, mm-hmm. and then you shifted gears into building a fence deck. It was a different market heading north. I hear that a lot. Like there's it been is. a lot of guests lately that have been on the show talking about how the Toronto core is one market, and then a little further north is a different market. Oh yeah. It's uh, completely different. I I came up and I was probably being grossly overpaid down here as a third year apprentice. I got up north and all of a sudden I go and thought to continue on working in the electrical trade. I was like, you know, this is not bad and everything like that. I understand the lights turn on and everybody's (laughs) happy. Um, I had a little too much OCD when it came to panel organization and I would be too long making sure everything's all nice, straight and clean and realize people, I mean, when the inspectors go, as long as the lights come on, we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they would say? Well, well, the critique how long I was. Now, I was slow, I was learning, but I I figured get good, then get fast. And that's one of the things I sort of always stuck with. You see how the electrical industry was going. Yeah. And you didn't want to go that way. Well, it wasn't necessarily that. It's just I had a need for creativity about me that I had. It was it was a hunger, still is to this day, just something to be able to build and create. And uh, it, 
didn't matter how straight I ran my conduit, how straight I ran my lines or parallel to make it all nice and new. The drywaller came up, capped it all over and didn't matter at the end of the day. So <laughs> I just I, saw I, a story today about that. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't getting the sense of the fulfillment from what I was doing on it. I enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. I have a healthy respect for electrical. I'm glad I did what I did. Uh, and just to get a very, you know, it's probably more knowledge that makes me more dangerous than anything else. But, you know, with a healthy respect, I know very keenly of where to do it and where not to do it uh, that that being said i don't do very much of it anymore so. yeah <laughs> so you you know enough to speak up yeah and contribute yeah contribute enough and just say like whoa <laughs> yeah i've seen how you've been treating the rest of everything else you Th- there are some cowboys there are some cowboys <laughs> out there we know that so yeah i headed up north I, I went to a couple places, had credentials, I was doing industrial, residential, construction maintenance sort of aspect of the electrical, and I got up there, and they had rural residential, sort of agricultural aspects, which is a, sort of a step down, you're not getting into industrial stuff, and it was like less than half of what I was making there before, and I was... Uh, that was just the pay? That was just the pay, and I was like, ah, uh, yeah, like I haven't made this little in years, and so it was a it was it was a fourth step. I was a young parent, uh, newly married w- within like the last few years. I, our second had just come along, and I'm back at home. We're living at my life's parents pressures, plate. man. Just yeah. So yeah. it was just like okay, well, uh, forget it. I'm gonna. I, I know this other stuff. I had some experience building houses for a little while. I had a great uh, framer out in Oshawa area. So I said, let's go back to this. I, I just enjoyed doing that sort of work. And it's I, I've been sort of sticking with it since, since then. then. Huh? And, and then there's a couple little things as we progressed further on. I had uh, my uh, main guy that I had working with me. And we just started watching. We started working with uh, pre-treating uh, wood products for outdoor and offering maintenance. And then all of a sudden we were seeing all this stuff with the maintenance and the pre-treatment started taking off nobody else was really doing it and nobody at all was doing it yeah so or nobody actually had the knowledge to understand how to properly do it yeah so we sort of that just sort of started taking over and uh i we saw the growth of where it could go and uh i started easing back from my build business and started to build the deck protect up here a bit and here we are today i think probably about I must say, John, to be very honest, I mean, I'm not going to stroke your ego here because that's not what this show's about. Yeah. I think you and the work that you've done single-handedly have kind of held on to wood in the industry oh, wood because does. you guys have been up against all kinds of composite, all kinds of other products, every kind of product that has come. And anybody who knows me knows through my whole social media and everything that I've presented I've always been a wood guy. I've always been a wood guy. I've had conversations with the clients over and over. You talk about wood. The second conversation you have is maintenance. Mm -hmm. You have to understand how to maintain that wood. 100%. There are lots of woods that you can use out here. And I I understand that there's a certain segment of the market that will just automatically go right to ePay and just go, we want ePay. And there's other options out there. And we're going to talk about that. But... I mean, I recently, this year, I did a, 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 a huge composite deck. That's yep. what the client wanted, right? He didn't. He was telling me what they wanted, and I totally understood that. I respected it, and we built it. It turned out beautiful. It's not for me. Yep. Every time I cut it, it smelled like, uh, 
we're trying to figure out what it smelled like. There was a funny smell. I don't know what it was. Burning plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it it sounded, yeah, it kind of smelled like a little bit like that. And and so I just, I mean, the wood is the wood. I've always been a wood guy myself. 100%. It was, I would be, it was when I first started, my, my dream was like, oh, if I could do cedar decks all day long, this would just be like, oh, sweet. I, I love the smell. Did as much things as I could possibly find I could do with that. I got frustrated because I'd be building these nice, you know, beautiful looking backyards for people, really pouring my heart out into it, probably not charging anywhere near enough for what I should have been doing, <laughs> uh, going to all the deck expos and stuff down in the States, trying to keep up to date on products. And uh, the, it was the maintenance thing that just, it killed me. I was just like, come back and I'm like, oh, well, here, we'll stain this for you. And then that, you know, at least start it right. So it's not like you're waiting for a year or when you finally get around to your own deck to stain it. And we do that. And then next year, all of a sudden I come back and they call me up and they go, well, this doesn't look so great anymore. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh. And I'd feel bad because the products just weren't doing what they were saying they were going to do. And so I'd feel bad and being a nice guy, I'd go and either remove it at my cost or whatever and say, okay, I'm sorry that after this, this is up to you. And I, I did that for about a couple of years. And, wow. Uh, just to keep it, keep them happy? Just to keep them happy. And uh, I, I finally said, no more. I don't want any more stains. I hate stains. I hate this whole aspect. And I, I flipped over to composites and I was doing some track stacks, uh, doing some ASX. And don't get me wrong, every material has its place. Yes. In moderation, just like anything else in our life. This, uh, it blew me away. I did a full entire, this big, beautiful project over Mount Albert area there. It was, you know, a couple of thousand square feet of this stuff. It was all inlays. It was a another well-known designer guy's project. And I had, was fortunate enough to have been able to be chosen to have come and construct it. And it took off. But it just blew me away, the amount of waste. Like, we were throwing all this plastic chunks and scraps out, and I'd be going back with dump trailers, like a couple tons of, of just little cuts. Like, you know, after I was fairly conservative with how we were doing it, but I was just like, what, what's going on? This stuff doesn't break down. No, so where do you... <laughs> Where do you like? Where do you dump this stuff? Like, it's at the landfills. Yeah, we just throw it in the landfill. We yeah. were just throwing it. I was bringing it to the recycling centers, and they were like, "No, no, it's got to no, go right in there." Yeah, we can't take that. Like, this is there's no. You, I, I, as far as I know, I wish I, I'd like to find out, and I really don't want to stomp on because I know quite a number of people in in for as manufacturers in this stuff, and I, I, it, it's great. It's a great product for the certain clientele that really it, doesn't want to do anything to look after. But even that product, you still got to look after. That's was just there's about to say like there's that. there isn't a composite decking out there no that's bulletproof no there isn't. I, you can talk all you want it's the same way that when i have conversations with hvac guys mm -hmm. and they start trying to convince me or the client to go with a uh, tankless system yeah. and i said have you solved the cold spurts problem no we haven't solved no. it the only way you solve it is by having a reservoir tank well yeah. okay so you got a hot water tank with your on-demand tank so then you do the hot water Okay, decks are the same thing. Yep. And and Pros I and cons. I've always said, listen, sure, if you want a composite deck, please choose a lighter color. Yeah. Because yeah. if you get full sun and you got a darker tone composite deck, so you hot. cannot walk on it barefoot. And guess what? Your pets. They can't. Oh cannot. my god. Yeah. Cats, dogs, and all that. No Their paws there. are even more sensitive than our hoofs. So then mm -hmm. it's like they're gonna. They won't go out there. Yeah. And oh, what's the point of having pets if you can't? 
it's a neat material for some of the things you can do. Uh, if I if I'm leaning towards sort of a one, if I had a preference toward it, I'd be totally yeah. PVC all day long. Yeah. But there's a price to that. There, that's all virgin plastic. There's nothing recyclable about that or anything like that. It's building capabilities that are like, I got into curving and doing all these really funky designs and heating up with the AZX and working with PVC products or Wolf or. How did you handle the end cuts? You, um, you, you can't chamfer, you can't radius, you can't, because it still has a certain color on the skin of it. Well, I guess it's all, yeah, on the skin of it, I guess it's all depending on what you're using for, uh, like, there's a small cap to usually the color component that's on the top of the decking, and then they have a, a you know, sort of a, it's a solid core inside, So, but yeah. it's full of air bubbles. Yeah. It's tiny, tiny little things. It's just a reduction of weight and less material to be used and everything like that. And it's part of the, the exclusion process. I've had s- fortunate to be part of an association that's a North American deck and rail association. So it's members from Australia out into uh, Europe, throughout Europe, all through the United States and Canada. And these guys are just deck and rail industry guys. And, uh, and extreme weather areas. It, all over, all around yeah, the world. Like, uh, Australia like has that. extreme heat areas because yeah. i actually remember i was fortunate enough and talking about sandy mills right so i was mm-hmm. fortunate enough a few years ago to go to estonia yeah and get invited to the 20th okay and for for thermary right nice and what i loved mostly about that was that sandy and i were the only canadians there the only yes the only canadians there and there was two other americans there yeah everybody else was from around the world and what I thoroughly enjoyed was sitting down and having conversations from people from the Philippines, from Australia, from Italy, mm-hmm. and talking about, okay, how do you do this? How do you handle that? And I was enjoying it, man. It's great because like, you start placing all these different materials all around the world. Yeah. You're going to have different environmental, different temperature impacts. Uh, you know, How does it deal with climate? What do we have there for in the cases of, okay, this is, you know, it's a really good product here, but, you know, there's environmental toxicity concerns and all some of these. It's almost overcomplicated with some of the man-made stuff that are out there. We, I I just was dying to get back into wood and there was just something, I don't know, call it a purist sort of thing. It's when you're building a deck and all the composites out there, they all print wood designs on their boards it's it's it's, uh it's not real and it's yes it's low maintenance but you look at the price of these decks nowadays uh you know you're you're buying a mid-sized car it's expensive it's expensive and it's like slapping your car in the driveway never touching it again is what the most of the mentality is out there and i'm like man if you could just wash that deck not even pressure wash it just Wipe it with a soft mop. Doesn't matter what the product is. You'd be surprised how you're much bringing long, a lot of life back a into lot it. A lot of life back into it. Yeah. And it's only the time when people start complaining. Oh man, I had my deck resurfaced or whatever like that. And it's like you know, it cost me like five, six grand to have it again. And I'm just like, yeah, try not changing the oil in your car for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny, John, that when we're building decks, the clients are always intrigued to watch us yeah. unfold and do the work. And we're, we're striving to do those miters as tight as possible. If we're doing picture framing, oh, yeah. we're doing inlays. We're like, we're trying to get everything within a thou mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Then you come back a few years and you look at it and you go, what the hell what happened? happened? <laughs> yeah. Why does it look like poo, man? Like, it, I don't understand. Why, why not just maintain this? 
Yeah, and it's not hard. Uh, a lot of it's, it's okay. Well, there are some materials that are tough to look after, and you know, wood has been one of the hardest ones. You know, there's different species. How tight the grains are. Where's the harvest location? You know, is this a coastal or an interior-grown, say, cedar in that thing? So coastal, it's got a wider grain on it because it gets a lot of wet moisture absorbed during the summer grow months, and then their tight grains are still getting wet because it's a very consistent. Uh, temperature you're not getting that extreme of a lot of wide light rings and then these tight winter rings a tree never stops growing it just slows down over the winter those dark rings that you're seeing if you get in those those are that's the strength core of what your board is and everything like that so if you can get a good 50 percent match on those there you got a pretty solid piece of wood and the tighter the rings are the better but you start getting out there and your summer growth is massively huge and we're seeing different changes in harvest conditions and uh, just how it's growing out there. Uh, it's That's environmental impact that we're seeing in our materials that are naturally produced. Are we the epicenter? I remember having a conversation mm. of, of Western red cedar, North America. Is it the majority of it, the majority in, the, of in, the, it. in the world? Or it comes from here. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, all from out BC, out west. Yeah. So you and and, and the, I heard or I, I read. I can't remember exactly that uh, a lot of Russians, middle, like Eastern European countries, mm-hmm. are dying for that stuff. They oh, yeah. love it. Yeah, our, like our Western Red Cedar, our primo stuff that we get. Uh, it is like in you flip that over to the other half of the world. It is like there. Ipe to us in a way. Really? Like, yeah, it's like there, that. Someone's like, yeah, man, I got cedar siding on my house. And they're like, <laughs> oh, man, how'd you afford that? Right? I'm going like, so I'm over here. They're <laughs> what are you driving? What are you driving, man? <laughs> like, wow. And uh, it, it was kind of flipped. And I, I wasn't exposed to any of that until like I got, in, I had, I was very fortunate and my frustration started still continue on and I did blended materials, the wood and the composites together. And I had brought in a design that I was looking for some Azek. White Azek, about. So white? It, white Azek. This goes back. Anybody that knows uh, me from Azek, they go, oh, you're the guy that bought all the last of the white Azek. <laughs> they don't <laughs> make white Azek anymore. They haven't made uh, white okay. Azek in a long time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a couple guys uh, went up to store North Toronto here, uh, Deck Masters. And yeah. The, yeah, like great guys. Uh, and... and they just sort of said, hey, man, you guys should, this is how I got involved with the, with the association at first. And they said, you should check this out. You know, they do deck awards and everything. This might be a contender. So I tried. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Started doing that. And I, I won a few awards, really got opened up into the industry to actually come down and meet these people. I, I didn't even know the industry existed. I thought, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's relatively new yeah. right, since the 80s. We're in 40-year-old industry, and now they're doing full-on conventions for it. And uh, just it, some of the stuff that is going out there, it is, a, it is very much a plastic and railing show. There's very not that much in the way of wood in there. And I What think percentage do you think it is? Like less than 10% is wood? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like and it, number it, one reason, John, has got to be maintenance? Has to be maintenance? No. No? no. Cost? No, not even. Marketing. Really? So we're not just... We're not educating the people. Not though. educating. That's what it is. There are some beautiful wood products that are out there that are not that overly expensive when you come down to it. And if you really lay everything down on the line for what is involved to look after these, it's not hard. You just got to do it. 
That's it. You just got to do it. But so. that's what you guys started coming in. You came into that industry realizing, let's do this. Yeah. We, so we, we, we said, you know, we, we started getting all these calls coming, and now we're doing deck restoration. So we're bringing in hand, heavy sanders, and we're going through, and we're grinding. And You're treating like, it like indoor flooring? Like indoor flooring. Yeah, very much like that. Actually, flooring guys have a another guy down in uh down in new jersey area or or sort of upper new york uh another instagram guy mad science flooring guy okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and uh tj haas and uh he's like you know, we've been going back and forth he's got this great piece of machinery this is like the deck blitz or something like this and it's this heavy duty 220 volt monster machine that uh cleans with a nylon brush so it follows contour but it gets down all into the cracks and everything like that and he just same as you would with a normal sort of uh, drum sander and everything without the worry of catching the nails, ripping your drums up, unless your passes because you don't Where do you find this thing? Well, it's been brought in from, you know, Europe. Yeah, that's what I figured, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it, soft enough to, to clean yeah. and, and get it properly cleaned, but not damage. And not damage it, you know, coming up and everything. So I saw this and I was like, oh oh my goodness, that's that's phenomenal because, you know, I'm working with some cedar, things that aren't pressure treat. We were even working with some of that and uh, we we were using those little Makita nylon brush (laughs) hand sanders like and I'm going like, man. And how long would that take to do, man? Ah, Well, we called it Cinderella. So Uh, we were down there that's funny but uh we we blast through we got we're never afraid of work and And meanwhile uh, he's got this thing oh i just found that this year and i've been talking back and forth so we've been going like ah yeah we should really get this up here but but, like that would be for a heavy restoration job now and everything like we've been working with Q-Tech oil products. Which uh, is an amazing product. Oh, my gosh. Amazing it's, it's product. Like if they came in, they told me about this product, and they said, you really got to try this. And I was already in my I hate stain mode when they were yep. doing this. So it was like it didn't matter what they But they, they, they were consistent in keeping on me. I met them at a trade show. I'm trying to figure out if it Probably. was either Construct Canada here or if it was IBS down in, in uh, Vegas at the time. Or it wasn't Probably in Vegas. Probably Construct. I think it was Construct, yeah. And then all, and I think it was through Deckmasters, and I saw it, and then he started showing me. And where I was sold is he had a different species, mm-hmm. and he had the same stain, yep. and he showed me the penetration compared to other it- competitor products. Incredible. And I was sold. I've, 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 oh, yeah. I've never seen a product move through wood the way that this stuff and continually moves not yeah. just gets up and then all of a sudden hardens and now it creates a barrier and nothing can get through it like, but it lets okay, the wood breathe too it lets the wood breathe and it controls the moisture intake which is honestly our in canada like that's our I, big I, I, achilles what, heel it, yeah. it is but we also have a hundred degrees fahrenheit temperature fluctuation throughout the course of the years and a lot of people go like I, t- I have lots of good friends down the south and i go but like yeah man like i know you guys get hot down here i mean you gotta get stupid hot <laughs> <laughs> but like i'll go swimming in the ocean in the dead of winter where you up here in like the carolinas and you guys are like no way man just, <laughs> 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 it's it's there it, it's it's different and they get a lot more humidity like every place is different and and uh, I find up here between uh, wet, th- dry, and freeze-thaw is incredible. Different insulation methodologies, like going to standardized hidden fasteners. And so nothing on a deck surface anymore. And like one, it's nice. It looks good. But two, it's freaking awesome for maintenance. You don't have to worry it's about perfect. You don't have to drop screws or anything like that. So we started working with like camel fasteners for sort of entry levels and then 
keeping, I'm not saying everything's an, a, a know-all, end-all, but we follow a lot of how things are trending in the markets. And it's just, I look at stuff and I get blown away at some things when you actually break down what they've, what they've done here. And I go, oh my gosh, this is genius. Why isn't everybody using this product? Because <laughs> uh, so the, the numbers sometimes are a little high. Yeah, sometimes. But, but I, I really wish clients would treat their deck as if it's another room in the house. It totally is. And it's an extension of the hardwood in your house or the tiling in your house. That's so the, mo- the moment you have that mindset, please take it onto the deck. Yeah, take it on. The, you can carry it right through. Uh, yes. And it can look, you know, within reason and you keep up on it, you can carry that same style, that same level of finish. There are some products, wood products out there, especially Thermary. Uh, yeah, we all know Thermary is amazing. Thermary is awesome. I, I've got jobs I'm maintaining that I've built they're like seven seven years old right from when i with the thermary scots pine i love that product because it's reasonably priced it's if you think about it and it's it's a good product man it's a great product yeah it's like 20 year from the manufacturer warranty before like i haven't even touched it against rot and everything like you find another wood product that has that with no coating on it not even cedar i mean cedar will give you that close but if you still got to look after that one but this stuff here like it's it's almost it's very similar working with it fine finish miter cuts on stuff like yeah we've got in the industry right now there's sort of you know you're either mitering everything or you're doing an anti-miter uh an anti-miter it's a lot of uh, sort of box joining where you're sort of butting in on like this. Uh, it'd more be like a herringbone sort of stack on oh, corners. Oh, really? And now yeah? they're doing foldovers on butt joints. So either you're doing a paint, but if you know if your guy, your client's got the budget for the finished little fine fits and stuff, like they'll do almost a sort of a, a, a mitered sort of dado out of the backside where they chamfer everything out, but it's at 45 degrees and they'll leave about an eighth of an inch of the material take a heat gun to that and they'll actually fold it over so you can carry the grain right down over just how you would kind of do like a return on for trim. Yeah. But without completely removing all the material. That's that's a trick. PVC. Yeah. PVC finishing the ends on it and stuff like that. One of the greatest tricks I had a guy uh, um, really super, I mean, if if there was a picture of southern gentleman this guy's picture would be beside it his name is bobby, <laughs> bobby parks and he's actually down through the states and he travels around with um does a lot of work for I'm trying to remember the pvc line timber tech no versatech versatech okay. versatech white pvc trim products and they exterior a lot, a lot of stuff out of the states but he's like oh yeah you know one of the best things to do to close that seal is we were taking acetone you do a nice little sand over the edge of the open grain of your white trim pieces because if you leave those, they get dirty and they absorb dirt. It's just water being trans or dirt being transferred by the water that can get in. And he says, you just sand that down and then you rub it over with a rag with some acetone on it and it closes those cells. So it, won't, it smooth, smooths it right out. And I'm wow. just like, wow. You know, like I would have never known that. I've been talking to guys in the industry and I brought that tip up, share that with them. And they're just like, really? That's what you do? And I'm like, yeah, man. I didn't know that till this guy told me that. Let's share this stuff. That's like, how it's supposed to work, man. Let's, let's, let's bump this up. Right? Yeah, Let, yeah. Let's, you know, it's, there's, there's so much work out there. So I, let's, let's just do good stuff. Back to the wood there, John. Sure. I was just curious if you, I know that everybody loves the hidden fasteners, right? Yeah. And I actually prefer them too. Mm-hmm. There's a certain love for me when I see the, 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 the surface mounted screws and they're stainless steel and, the, and you see those dots and it kind of looks great. Yeah. Are those points, 
are good are they going to contribute to earlier rot or hazard over time definitely uh, because just, you're making a hole and you're making an access point for moisture yeah you're you've created pre-drilled anything you've created a spot where water can pool and uh say in a day like this today where we've had rain going like this and we haven't had maybe not enough wind to cause transpiration and all that sort of fun stuff if we get something you know a quick freeze drop to minus five which it's not that it's not not unreasonable not unreasonable right now yeah um that sudden freeze of that area that water's Water and ice, it's its super strong. It's just a slow grow, and it, it'll split. Wood. That's what I thought. So, I mean, you, you yeah. kind of contribute to that, and then you might want to look at the hidden fasteners more so. And I know that you probably you probably heard of also, you know, burger, right? The burger clips yeah, or oh, whatever. Packs. Yeah. The, so the out of uh, they're out of France. I believe burger is out of Germany. Is it Germany? Uh, no, I believe Grad Concept. That's it. Grad Concept USA. Their yeah. head of office, I believe, is in France right now. Yeah. I've been actually chatting back and forth with with. Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Well, no, there was Gladys. A, the, yeah, that's it. Gladys. So the last time I met them, uh, or the first, I, I knew about them just speaking digitally mm-hmm. through social media and everything. And then the last time I actually got to meet them and speak to them and everything was the last IBS show, which was right yeah. before this whole pandemic crap. And uh, they were showing me a bunch of the new stuff that was coming to the USA. And I was like, this is amazing stuff. Like Exactly. <laughs> uh, so much so, yeah, uh, we've been looking at this product now for at least a good couple years. And I mean, Is it here or not yet? Shortly. Got it. So they're still working out the, the kinks. I get it. Yeah. It would have been, so patience. <laughs> Basically, everybody have some patience. and Have some patience, but like in case anybody doesn't really know what this is, it's... It, it's pers- a fastening system that is incorporated with the actual milling of the decking. Yeah. So there are thermally modified ash. Uh, I believe Home Depot has got it on a stocking program yep. right now. Yep. And you can order it. Yep. Yep. It's and they actually have a lot of stock of it here in Canada. Perfect. Across the country. Yeah. It's yeah. Lots of it. I have had no issue with that at all. Uh, maybe a couple scares every once in a while. <laughs> but Sandy's pretty on top of things. Keeps you on your toes. It keeps me on my toes and stuff like that. I probably bug him more than anything else. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like, oh man, we would have had a blast if you were with me and Sandy oh in Estonia. <laughs> we would have had a Such blast. Such a great guy. I love phone calls from Sandy. Uh, Sandy is a great guy and he's been a strong supporter of us and what we do and uh, like super great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Anigans for sure. <laughs> Uh, uh, sorry, I lost track there no for a problem. second. But yeah, so I mean, I've always had huge success with the Thermary products. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, a massive fan of of the Ash products. Mm-hmm. It's always hard for me to sell the Ash to clients because it's literally it's the same price point as eBay. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the numbers are going now, but I I don't even know what the numbers are for eBay these I, days. It's honestly, I've been working so much with it, I haven't really even you know, checked it out too much just because of the difference and how much nicer it is to work with an EPA. My last EPA deck, we were on 18 foot long, five quarter, six boards. And I mean, like how many ha- boards were how many, uh, like the, the fastening system was awkward and slow and to have to implore, uh, em- employ like three bow wrenches on the, on one board just to try and keep it locked in. And then like, 
release the pressure and hope the screws hold. <laughs> uh, you know, if you, if you're running on lines like that, like, yeah, that's, that's tough. And I was like, no, why would I ever, it's, you don't get any of that. And I, I personally think the grain in the thermary oh. is insanely beautiful. And then especially <laughs> when you treat it, when you guys treat it with Q-Tex. Oh my gosh. It's, it's almost like it shouldn't belong outside. It should belong inside. <laughs> That's how beautiful it turns. I've had pieces come through on uh, loads that I've treated. And one, I've got a fairly large load in there right now, and it's going to be headed down south. Like, pieces that we're going through, and I have, got, like, musical instrument friends, like, friends that build instruments, and I'm, like, looking at some of this stuff going, like, oh, man. Can't believe this is going. <laughs> I'll take pictures and go, hey man, this is gonna be somebody's deck. And he's like, call me up. And he's like, five seconds later, he's like, no man, pull that out. I'll buy that off you. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, it blows me it's away. It's stunning, but, man. It's but, stunning. Oh my goodness. Like, for something that you can, every time you maintain it, it comes to that every time. Like, and it's, it's, it's a clean and it's an oil. I'm not saying it's super difficult and there's work involved and people can do it and stuff like that, but. It's not, it's not as hard. Let, let's talk about, you install it, first of all, before you install it. Before I install it. You seal it. I pre-oil, yeah. Pre-oil all the sides. All sides. Right? All sides, And then all you, you're sides. giving us a little bit for when we do our end cuts or whatever it is, yep. and then we oil it again. No. You don't oil it? No, no, the, just the off cuts, whatever we oh, cut. Any, uh, yeah, like basically you're oiling your, your, your end cuts. That's it. And I mean, very small amounts. That's all. We're hitting it at, you know, uh, manufacturers recommended like how much, what the dosage uh, dosage per board or square foot. And they're like, yeah, okay, if you can get this much on. So I worked on a machine partner at the time. We worked on it like every winter and we got a thing, just calibration, getting it through, just pours the, pours the oil on it <laughs> just like yeah it's it's the uh, the the oil application machine we have no name for it just uh, the machine it's just a it's a it's a cog that you guys have created basically and it yeah. works and it works it works really well uh but yeah when you get that on there on a five quarter board especially with thermary ash or the pine or any, cedar anything that's you know for a hardwood thermary is great it's quite able to have be penetrated quite deeply Ipe still will penetrate Ipe. Very tough, very tough. Uh, but with the with the ash, are we talking about you're getting penetration almost to the center of the core on both close. sides, right? Um, all around. On a five-quarter board, on right? On a five-quarter board, we'll probably have a piece throughout the middle. If you did a cross-cut, about half the size of my baby finger that wow, eh? it hasn't penetrated to. That's how much is good. So wow, it's, eh? It's like if... Uh, Oh, my logo for my company, you can kind of see on it, it's a, it's an oval, and then there's a small yeah, 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 little yeah, thing yeah, exactly. on the inside So there. that's where it's, it comes from. That's where it comes from. I just sat there and looked at the end of a lift of wood, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. They're, every single one is like that. And I was like, sweet. That was one of the things that I've been working with it for so long now, and there's still stuff about it that just blows me away. And I'm just like, that's, wow, cool. <laughs> so, it's, so, so you boil it, and then now we get to install it, Mm -hmm. And then we leave it alone for the season? Yeah, leave it alone for a season. You might need a quick clean afterwards, take some boot prints off. Sunshine, if you are got color happening on it, because it, it does want to oxidize a little yep. bit before yeah. the true color pops out. And then uh, basically, if you know, you're signing up for like a program or whatever like that, we can be coming in and just sort of monitoring. Like I could say, this is your prescribed level of maintenance. We can come in and do this. It's a clean, wash it, and you let it dry. And then reapply the oil. That's it. That's it. It's like I do it once a year. 
depends. When would you ideally, how many times? I see. I do mine once a year. Once a year. You can spread it out and we'll do a big major clean every year. So we just use like a floor polishing machine and uh, some of the detergent they have. We walk around, we look like janitors, like literally (laughs) with a garden hose, a floor polishing machine and a squirt gun of detergent on my belt. And you just go. And wash it. Wash it off, rinse it off with a garden hose, no pressure washers. Nothing, nothing like that. You don't need that force. You don't need the force. Pressure washers are quite damaging to softwoods, softwood grains. They just carve out all the summer growth. Yes. And then, which is, you know, if you want that sort of hand-scraped weather feel, sure. But that's eventually going to happen anyway. Over a decade or so? Yeah, maybe. Okay. (laughs) And that's all it is. Depending on what you're using, yeah. So that's it. And then every single year, and that's the maintenance for it. Yeah, if you want to do it every year, you can, I I tell everybody, every deck is different. It's like I have my front porch. I do it because, you know, it's my company. And if I say you can't live by the product that you have and sell it, how is anybody else ever going to want to buy it off of you? So yeah, I clean my deck every year, but yeah, it's it, it's great and it's nothing but I, I I love just hanging out there and it looks good. I don't have to worry about it. It's just it, it only cost me a day and a half or whatever like that. Not even that. Like to come in, I have the guys come in and do it, and they're done in and out. It's just when you spread out, <laughs> when you're busy working and trying to figure out when you can do this, yeah. it's a shoemaker thing, it's right? We sho- all, we are all in that boat, John. We are all deck. in that boat, man. <laughs> we know that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Okay. So I want to continue. We sure. still got lots to talk about, but I want to actually talk about a little bit of Ontario building code. Okay. You probably know these ones, little, man. I didn't maybe. choose, I didn't choose hard ones, man. Okay. Well, that's okay. Good. What is the building code for decks in Ontario? When is a building permit required for a deck in Ontario? Well, that's going to change per municipality. Okay. All right. But generally, anything under 24 inches off the ground. Bingo. Uh, so is that would require any type of fall guard or, or, or anything like that. Exactly. Uh, stair rises over three feet or three rises. Uh, so it's three rises that. is basically 24 inches is yeah. what it works out to yeah. be. And that's what it is. I'm curious, what happens if you build a deck without a permit? So you're building something that's over 24 inches height. Uh, like, or you don't get a permit. You don't. Yeah, you don't get a permit. What happened? What could happen? Well, what could happen? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm guilty of it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm guilty of it too. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a seasonal thing, and you only have so much time in Canada to get a year's worth of work in. That's uh, when you work outside. I don't Uh, know if they've ever issued these fines, but uh, well, I personally had one on my own personal house. Oh, Uh, really? So yeah, doing that. Uh, So basically, what happened in that case was I ended up having to pay double the, but that's double the permit. The permit fees and everything like that. Which, over the grand scheme of things, they didn't have to. Nothing was done out of code. It was a formality, and I rushed it, and uh, I shouldn't have. So it cost me another 400 bucks or something. You're lucky, John, because according (laughs) to the Building Code Act of 1992, (laughs) you can be fined up to 50 grand for your first offense and up to 100 grand for other offenses. Don't mess around with that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That Uh, becomes uh, a really expensive deck. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, uh, Quick cantilever question. Sure. How far can you cantilever a two by eight deck? joist in Ontario. Maximum cantilever overhang. I believe it's 16 inches. Bingo, man. You know these. What's the maximum for 2 by 10 Uh, be 24. Oh, man. This is like, come on. <laughs> I almost want to get to Final Jeopardy here. <laughs> Let's just do one last one here. Um, this is going inside now, but uh, what span can a 2 by 10 support 
Douglas Fir 2x10 joist graded as structural select allows joist spans up to? For 2x10? For 2x10. I believe that's f like close to 14 feet. 21, uh, believe it or not. Really? 21 feet for a live load of 30 pounds per square inch when on spaced 12, 12 inch centers? on centers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where in 19 feet, one inch on 16 inch on centers, 16 feet, eight inches for 24 inch oh, on centers. So I built a lot of decks really too safe in the past. Well, <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is that I think every deck I've built, I've always done 12 inch on centers. Oh yeah. Always. The actual final outcome and predictability of what you can do for decking patterns afterwards on 12 inch centers. It's just like, it's endless. That's, that's the reason why. Yeah. So like, not to mention, it's like you can park trucks on those things and they're not going to move. Well, I, I always find that when you're building decks and you go 12 inch on centers and then if they change their mind and they want to go picture frame or they want to go diagonally, mm -hmm. you know, the moment you go 16, you can't, yeah. you it's going to be too compromising. Downfall about the 12-inch uh, centers is you uh, need to hire skinny framers. How many times have we, exactly, how many times you're like, oh, I can get in there. Oh, wait a minute, uh, I can't, uh, I can't uh, get in there. Here. Come grab my belt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hung up. <laughs> All right, so everybody, you got to understand, we're talking to John Witt here at Debt Protect Inc. And it's uh, the website is www.debtprotect.pro. And email is sales at debtprotect.pro. You always have more space for more work if anybody wants to get oiling or get any product or get all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, anything like that, yeah, we're... Uh, Taking available. some orders now. We're available. Yeah. Facebook is Debt Protect Inc. And then on Instagram is Debt, Debt Protect Inc. Where do we want to go from here, John? Mm. Well, as a, I don't know. So has it been tough for you with COVID and getting material? Because I think every tradesperson that I've had on the show, plumbers, siding, roofers, everybody's had hard, hard time with lead times regarding material. Are you seeing the same thing? I've had a world of a time trying to get cedar uh cedar and i think actually when we first met face to face i was I think i ran you like three freaking yeah, cedar just, fence yeah boards. just like hey man i had these yeah. you know help you get the job done and it, it perfect thank you and it yeah. worked out beautifully and uh rough but, sod rough sod uh cedar yeah, boards that i since, needed since since then i've barely touched it i've had calls for it i've had a few guys i've but gone nobody and, has it? it well it was just supply and demand and going on and i'm going like man if i gotta touch that i gotta go find another retailer on it it's not economical here just call this guy you can do it and some people won't sell and i sort of started getting into the realm of you know dealing some materials and everything like that so it's like yeah cool it's economical if i buy like a tractor trailer load for everybody and i'm just like okay but you're not going to do that. I, yeah, no. You can't do that. I can't do that. Oh, at that time, I couldn't do that. And we're, we're working a little bit towards that direction. I don't know if we're going to sort of... There's just products I've seen, and I, I'd like to share those and just say, here you go. This is everything you need at a store. Come pick these up. Let's, you know, boutique-y in a way. Uh, that was I like that. With some knowledge I like that, it. man. I don't... Yeah. Nobody's doing that. Uh, there's a couple small stores that are out there, and yeah. a couple of them that have some, you know, great ideas. Uh, you know, it's like the Deck Store or Deck Masters that does it. But yeah. you know, there might be. Uh, but Deck Masters is located. How far? I, I drove to them one time. They're up in Beaton area. There. Yeah, that's what. Right. Yeah, and okay. It's a little bit of a hike if you're from the core. It's a little bit of a drive. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive. It's still still drive for me. Like uh, I'm. I'm up in Corth Lakes, okay. so like it, it, everything's dry for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get good at planning. <laughs> That's all it is, man. Yeah, it is. And What's some of the new stuff that you're seeing that you're kind of like, where is this industry going? Are we getting more wood? Are we getting 
Well, Who's driving this? Is it the clients or is it the industry? A lot of it's in the industry. I think it's still we're it's still pretty young and fledgling. I think there's still a lot of edu- like the the it's the industry is driving further than the knowledge base that is out there right now. Uh, and yeah. that's just that's that's who we are as humans. Yeah, people who want to know, they get the inf- all the information is out there. There's some great Facebook groups on Deck Doc and Rail. Uh, you know, Deck pro builders and all those sort of groups and stuff like that that are really good and stuff that's coming out this shows that i feel like honestly if you're getting into this and you can afford and if you can travel out of canada and i'm going to find out in about two weeks if i if this you're is, headed i'm headed down to dallas okay to the expo and the pool and spa show and go see how that is i'll let you know i'll probably post saying let, well let, they denied yeah, me it, at let, the border let me know because i i've been seeing some of the trade shows happening and i just said okay good luck have I, fun I'm, I miss it. I really do. I do because I miss the conversations, man. It's it's getting it's a hundred percent. If if you lose that human touch of that contact out there, I think it's it's not the so, same. It's not the same as social media or a Zoom mm-hmm. call or kind of doing a Skype call. It's not the same, man. Yeah. When you're actually sitting there and speaking or standing there in the booth and speaking to somebody and feeling the product, touching the product, understanding 100. the product, 100%. You, your, your creative juices, so to speak, yeah. start the flow. And yeah, I, I love talking to people. Yeah. Uh, some days it feels like I don't. Um, I got a lot of people tell me, oh yeah, you're like totally juiced up after you come back from a show. <laughs> and I am. I've just, you know, probably pumped out about 400,000 words over the next three days or something like that. And my feet are dead afterwards <laughs> and everything like that. But I, it's, it's, I get charged up from doing that. And yep. it really f- makes me sort of feel like, all right, you know, maybe I'm doing something right for something, you know, I get excited cause I'm excited about the products. And I really think these are something that, you know, I hate people spending money uneducatedly and unwisely and i don't want to be a steward for those people based on clever marketing based on clever marketing (laughs) it's mostly on things that you know this is something i don't want to have to come back and fix or i would you know even my son who's like 12 and you know when he comes down the line in another you know five years hopefully sooner <laughs> get him in there at 13 <laughs> get him in at 13 he, he's pretty good now he comes and cuts the grass for me at the yard and stuff but uh there's just some fantastic products out there that i, I i'm like wow you guys it this actually does what you guys say and being in the maintenance i'm not just you know build it you know Enjoy your deck, and that's it. No, we're no, back. No, we're no, back. No. So I get to see what these products do in real life application. Like there are some things that I used to go up and down, but oh, yeah, it's great, it's great. It's what they tell me, and I've come back three, four, five years now, and I'm like, which is, yeah, kind of a short time frame for some of those for materials bre- yeah, where yeah. I start seeing degradation. It's nothing huge, but I'm picky. Uh, are, are you speaking to the manufacturers and going? I have the opportunity. happened? Yeah, so I get an opportunity and I share that stuff with them. I have, a, I have, you know, it's, I think if if I didn't, I'm not helping in any situation. No, no. It's just I'm part of the problem if I'm not part of the solution. And if people don't know that there's a problem if they're not told about it, so you know, I don't want to be a jerk or a dick or anything about it. But it's just like, hey, man, I saw this and. 
you know, this railing's only like five years old and powder coating on it. It's gone all milky and stuff like that. I just thought you guys should know that. And, you know, maybe there's something you guys should take a look at when, in your manufacturing process or something. It's kind of nice because there's a bit of a reputation there with the with, with some of these guys that they go, okay, well, you know, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's not just, you know, being a nice Mr. Helpful guy. Yep. I'm doing this just because I really, truly believe in the industry that, there should be good proper products out there that last that's what i do like about the decking industry in the last 10 years oh it's been amazing i think that the influx of different products is great for the market Mm -hmm. but i also feel that more than half of those products have been cleverly marketed Mm -hmm. to be better than what they really are yeah. And then it becomes kind of a question of, okay, so what was the scenario of the home and the city and the environment and all these variable factors? And that's the reason why we maybe got this failure Yeah. instead of just saying, well, we never really tested the product in that kind of environment or something. Yeah. It's hard to say, right? Hey, and hey, and a, I don't want to shoot anybody either, right? As, so, a, as getting into some of the manufacturing and stuff and just seeing the broad markets that they're dealing with, it's so hard. Like It's like to write a manual of where and where this isn't going to work and generalize it, you got to have sort of a happy medium that's going to broad blanket cover a lot of things in there. Let's say their legal, legal jargon that goes out on yeah. the micro printing on the back of the product. There's too many variables. There's like honestly too many variables. I and remember having a conversation with one client and they were talking to me about a, a vacation home that they had. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if it was in Thailand or something like that. And they were talking to me about how the product was failing because of how close it was to the ocean. Yep. Salt water. And so salt and water. And then it was the, the breeze, the ocean breeze coming off. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually dropping droplets. And so they were like, there was all these calculations and I'm like going, what the hell are you talking about? But that's a factor. Those are yep, factors. Those man. are huge deciding factors yeah. and stuff. Like uh, I find it really interesting to actually go through and read warranties on a lot of the stuff. You don't fall asleep. <sighs> that sometimes it's for sleep. <laughs> uh, I was doing that for a while, and it's just like, wow, this is like this is crazy. Because as a, you know, I'm getting into as a coder and pre-coding and stuff like this. So you know, we're we're starting into some siding and doing some things like that, not just deck decking materials. And uh, I love that people are now, and I, and I hope that you're pushing it. I'm hoping that other tradespeople can push it as well too. Is start taking that horizontal floor surface to the vertical fence surface. Oh, definitely. You yeah. like don't don't just. Uh, sometimes I get so frustrated when I walk around the neighborhood, <sighs> and I see the classic eight foot span picket. You know the fence board with the lattice, and yep. okay, maybe this one's not lattice because I decided to go horizontal with the fence board on this one, and then I see it being built, and then I see it go through winter, and then I see the hockey sticks next year. Yeah, and and I'm just like, wow, oh, why can't we just build a little better, smarter, and think we don't have to build everything at eight foot spans? No, why not build them at four foot and add an extra post in between? Like just yeah, a little bit change, more thought. Change it up. And yeah, it, it's okay. We've seen this same fence panel now since the '70s or yeah, whatever. forever. People wanted fences, and it, it hasn't changed. Shadow box hasn't, you know. Back when I was a little, little, little kid in Calgary watching the boom happen out there <laughs> during like 87, that same fence style is still relevant today. Yeah, there's a lot of really super creative trades guys in this industry, and they can do some stuff that can absolutely just blow your mind. Like, yeah, it's fence, but cool. It's fence. cool. It's a cool fence. I was and driving through Ronsonsville the other day, and I saw a nice basket weave. 
fence panel. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's impressive, man. That's impressive. That's there's, impressive. There's some, Cedar, that yeah, was impressive. Yeah. yeah All right. So whoever some, did that, I mean, tip the hat it, to them. It's, yeah, like, and I will say, as much as I grimace over the whole Instagram thing, and I just can't <laughs> believe how it's much It's a love-hate. It's a love-hate. I'm stuck on it as much as, you know, uh, as much as anybody else. I do see the issue on it, but bonus parts is there's so much talent that yeah. I see that like there's some things that go on and I don't know where they all originate from but like people are like sponges and they're sucking it up and they're taking that and they're transferring those things into so like taking little bits and flavors it's it's really cool to see some of this stuff and it's it is. It, it's kind of neat uh, that's the good part that's the good part about it and there are people like we've got the one group and where I've been sort of helping out administration wise on the Facebook on Facebook there and it, it's growing but seeing a lot of young guys coming out into this and we've tried to keep it for just like pros and stuff like that trying to like not get the DIYers out and stuff like that you oh, know I don't as much as you thank can, you for that as much as you can <laughs> like it's it's it, as as a group gets bigger uh it's a lot to maintain uh and and look after but uh these guys are asking good questions there's some great resources through uh the trade association that we're with with north they got a great educational program with one of the guys that teaches just on code but it's it's not just the code it's the reason why why that code's there and it's one of the courses is called trip down the load path i mean if just that educational portion of it alone to help everybody understand that all that weight, all it wants to do is go to the ground. It does. Here's the path that you should follow through. And it's IRC, but a lot of it is quite relevant to uh, OBC as well, too. Yeah. There's a couple cross changes. There's some things I like out of the I, uh, International Residential Code that I like to build to and add some things that are code compliant for like uh, mid-span blocking and stuff like that. They don't have that in the States. You can put your blocking up above your, your beam. Really? And there's no mid span. You can run that. full 18 foot joists with no mid span blocking on it. Like that. It's freaky. Try I, frame walking on that one. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a little weird. I've always found it funny, and I've seen this before where you have the decking products that create the little saddle bags, I guess, in between the joists for oh, waterproofing, yeah, like so to speak. T Rex rain escapes. Yeah, yeah like so that. I mean, why not just waterproof it properly? Like, why not just asphalt and just build it on top of that? Or is that you're just creating more. <sighs> work for yourself costing more labor more everything there's yeah there's like it there's more than one way to skin a cat it is, it is there's I know. a bunch of different products that's fine if you want to answer it <laughs> that's all right i'll call him back <laughs> uh, no because i've done that before where i've done waterproofing and i just had the guys just give me the asphalt and mm -hmm. then i actually ended up gluing pvc's Speaking of Sandy, he's the one that found me, the sleepers, right? Yeah. So he he, oh, he gets me. Yeah, I love yeah, those things, man. Inch and a half by inch and a half. Phenomenal. I love those things. And mm -hmm. then you, you can't screw into the, the asphalt, but I've done it into concrete where you yeah. tap con it. Yeah. And then uh, I, I get him through him. He orders them. I pick them up at a home hardware or whatever it yeah. is. But then I, I, I glue that to the asphalt, and then I just fasten right to it. Yeah. Like I'm treating it as a joist. Yeah. And yeah. now everything's fully waterproofed. Yeah. And it should, and it's yeah, great, it's great waterproof, flat roof systems. I've seen a lot of those i've seen i've uh, seen guys do blue skin and do that skin. whole thing i've i've done one in the past where i actually it was a 10 foot span past my beam and i had about i i kind of pushed it on my cantilever a little bit on it but it was i bent up aluminum 
in between on 12 and just like basically pulled out my roll and I started going as much as my break would do. I started out at a one inch drop and then I said, this is far as I could go. I had more than enough fall and just created a trough back into about four Ooh, feet wow, back. From the edge. That's pretty cool. Sat there, put the butyl tape over top on the seams and everything like that and then blasted through on that. But I do it again. Uh, no, if I need <laughs> if I needed some practice on the <laughs> aluminum break, I'd be like, yeah, it was a <laughs> lot of work. But it wasn't that much material-wise. But once I, you know, I was back in my younger days when all of a sudden I wasn't really taking. I was more that artist sort of guy, yeah. like giving her on it and yeah, not yeah, really yeah. counting my time. The passion was driving me, and, and wasn't realizing that my wonderful wife, who was <laughs> basically paying for everything, <laughs> everybody else was getting covered, and I just wasn't looking after myself. I, I want to talk, John, about, um, I know that the one advantage, I guess, PVC or composite decking has over wood is the curves and the bending and the shaping. Yeah. You they, can, to a certain extent, steam up the wood and do that. Yeah. But there's limitations. There are limitations, species, and your styles of wood. You're going to be dealing with a vertical grain, yep. uh, clear products where if you're going to be steaming and bending, depending on how tight you get your radius. Now, we got to remember, this is that's not a new process. They've been building wagon wheels since before there were cars. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it can be done, and it can be done to last a long time. Is it economical for time-wise and everything? Nope. Is it consistent? Mm, well, nope. relatively. You know, nope. is, is there like 40, 50 years of experience to get it down perfectly? Yeah. On that sort of stuff. I, I've done both. I have on my house there uh, curve accents with wood decks, and I do the, all the borders in like Cedar? PVC. In, actually, it was a thermally modified southern how yellow did pine. You, how did you? Oh, curving? No. Cause, uh, cause cedar, uh, cedar I curved, okay. my top rail, yeah, and then yeah. I have on the bottom, on my bottom steps, I did uh, like a soldier chorus with PVC, but with all like wood infill. So I threw the thermary. I yeah. threw the thermary ash into a steam box. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It does not nope. bend. No, nope. it's already it been... snaps. Yeah, <laughs> so it's already been cooked once. You can't that's, cook the stuff that's, twice. That's what we quickly learned, and yeah. and we we I mean I was up for trying it, and Yo, for we sure. we tried it, and it didn't work. We still had to curve it. Yeah. So we back cut it. Yeah, you gotta back cut it or uh, like curve curve cut all curve of cut. it. Curve cut. That's that's how'd what that we go. Time consuming, extremely yeah. time consuming, and we had to face screw it. It was a. It was. Sorry, I'm assuming if you're curve cutting, it was a, like a fascia board or something. Yeah, like that. it yeah. was. It was basically. It was a curved staircase, oh. and it was the the risers of the curved staircase. So everything was framed at a certain angle. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That, and then that. mitered the ends of it, and then did the returns. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That sounds like it was awesome. <laughs> it was a challenge. It was a major, major challenge. Learned a lot on it. Would mm -hmm. I do it again? I don't think so. No. I don't think so, but it was a challenge. And then the other thing that I also learned, not that time, I learned it much earlier. You can't use PL at all on any thermary product. Really? PL, to me, it doesn't work. It doesn't adhere. It doesn't keep it unless you've had other experiences where it's worked. Um, I oh, find I that it's too thick Oh. and you'll have it ooze out. I think most of it where I saw, yeah, it definitely oozes out. Yeah. And getting it off the off the surface of anything. Good luck on, even yeah. trying to sand it off. You get can't. Get off your skin. You can't. You yeah. Know, the skin falls I know. off. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, that's the bad part about it. Yeah, so I don't was, know what other products you've been using. In aspects like that, anything where I've sort of come to any type of fine finish for like a, you know, say a miter return or something like that, which is generally what it is. It'd be like miter bond. It's a two-part. Like it a, still works really well on thermaries. <sighs> 
See, that's the challenge because, therm- like you said, it's been cooked once already. Yeah. And it doesn't have the openness, the grain. Oh, no. Actually, thermary is very, very open. Is on, it? On the inside. Uh, the, the ash, if you, if you actually take a, a, like a magnifying glass or a microscope and you're looking at the end grains, it's very open. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very... So it will take that adhesion. Like it, it can. I've, I have used with success uh, some, some things. But like it's something like if there was a lot of tension on it or anything like that, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Like it's been really... I haven't had any issues of where stuff hasn't popped off but a miter bond for a quick one pl but less is more yeah sort of a that's deal. basically it and, and um but and some of those things it was like little fine things and i knew it wasn't going to get stomped or tromped on or anything like i that. just took it like treat it as if it's composite or pvc where you don't glue it you just yeah. keep the miters tight keep and the miters tight except these it. ones stay tight yeah and no matter what the temperature like side by side there's no that's comparison it. That's there's it. no comparison for thermal expansion rates or anything like yeah i know thermal. so that's why it works really best that way i totally agree what about any other new I, I, i've been seeing aluminum i saw aluminum and it kind of made me cringe a little bit because it had that i guess it was a photograph of wood yeah, I don't know exactly so what. It, like, what do you call it? A, yeah, so I think who's that? Craftex that does that. Um, uh, there's a company I think it was out of Pickering area that actually. Or, I think so. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. They did exactly. uh, aluminum rail systems, and I actually heard that they were doing an, an aluminum decking. And uh, so, like to me, I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, a composite hot. This like wow, <laughs> that uh, that's going to be but hot. A lot, a lot of it's temperature or heat absorbed through temper uh, or the the temperature that's absorbed is through the color. Yes. So you can get a lot of reflective qualities and things that you can do with aluminum that you can't. Uh, have I ever used it? Would I ever really work with it? It would have its place, maybe in an industrial application. I'm still application. on the fence, yeah. Because, I mean, I, first thing is that you hear about new products. Second thing you do is you read about the information of the product. Third thing is you start assessing, is it make sense to you yeah. for the market or your clientele? And then you go from there. Yeah, we had... Uh, Probably about four four years ago, I had somebody inquire about that because they had a, a an interlocking surface, and it would be for applications that I look for are just everything everyday things. I try to avoid membrane roofs. I don't like them for some funny reason. I okay, just, there's I understand them and I, I'll work with them, but for things like boathouse roofs and stuff, and that secondary as a deck top, I'm going like, well, if I get you a deck top surface that'll last longer than your membrane surface underneath that deck top is no good because by the time you pull that up <laughs> to fix your membrane surface, you're not going to put it back down. Again. No, you so, can't. That's so the problem. Everything's got to be, you know, if you're going to match building systems up together, longevity of everything has to, you got to factor it in. It has to be co- coincided. So there's the proper, so we were looking at sort of boat slip, boat, boathouse covers like up where we are. You can't really just, there's some rulings there now that you can't put a peak roof over top of a boathouse or an existing one that's there already. Because there's a lot has like to a, be a flat. They, they won't let you go up any higher. There's a lot of oh, rules that's, and all that's that a sort of sight stuff. sight line with. thing. Eh? So it's, it's a ministry of fisheries and transportation and route de canal yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of fun stuff yeah and there's rules on it because everything you know 65 75 feet from the shoreline is you know okay to do anything as long as you've got their approval and it's just another building code sort of thing it's 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 another well, hoop another hoop but we were looking at that for applications i'm going well you got a deck up here the deck top's done your your, your membrane's leaking here's a product that does both right you know over the grand schemes you're going to save on labor because it's one product that you don't have to install it pays a little more for the material but 
it's only one installation. And so we started looking at things like that. I had a, a really neat product. It was a duckback decking out of Wisconsin, Green Bay decking. Okay. And it's an interlocking. It's a hollow core, but they use a rice husk instead of a, a wood flower or wood pulp composition with the plastic. And it's very dense, super, super, like, wow. super um, uh, stiff and rigid. Like, I was, uh, it blew, blew me away. So we tried it on an It's applicant. made with compression or... No, it's it's uh, it's all these things. That I'll, I'll ship you a little piece. Oh, yeah, of I'm it curious sometime. about it. Wow, I'm I was curious just like, about that because uh, the first time I I saw it and I was like, oh wow, that's smart. Good buddies of mine, they were in the industry. One guy he ended up being a VP for sales for the company, and he, so obviously as a buddy, we sitting down uh, with a drink or two and we're going over some of the stuff. And you can't help talk shop whether you like yeah, it or of not. Course. But I was looking at it, and going, oh man, that's really smart. Like I am around a whole bunch of lakes around here with some old decrepit boathouses and stuff like that. It's not my is per se where they're taking these three properties knocking down and putting into this one but there's still some common folk that live around here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of like i'd get calls and you know, we need the, the membrane on the roof done we want to redo this and we want to do this and i'm going like well most of these are all like 24 feet wide i know i can get this product 24 feet long and it, it's self-contained gutter and it's all in one and it's, it's like 25 years on that i'm like Show me a flat roof that's going to give you 25 years. You can't <laughs> and if it's full sun. If it's full sun and everything like mm. that. And then it goes back to the same thing. Bet you if you put this on and clean it, though, you'll get over 25. Just clean it. <laughs> I know I know. the first time I used Q-Tech, it was for black. Oh. It, now, my favorite. I'm just assuming black has like gone through the roof. Everybody's asking for it. It's a great accent color. I yeah. love it, and uh, I think it's it's really good for that. Uh, the color right now that is just which I, one? It's smoky gray. Smoky gray. So I've, th- I've got two treating machines, and both of them are coated with it inside and out. I'm not even cleaning it right now because I know I got more orders coming through of the same color. What's the smoky gray look like? <sighs> is it a darker gray or lighter gray? It's light. So when it, if you were to take thermal ash. Yep. And let it weather. Say, oh, which I actually personally oh, love. It's it's probably one of the best. Looks. And it looks like that. And it looks like that. So it takes a little bit. So instead of waiting like three years for that silvering to happen, you wait for the time for the oil to soak in. So if you got inconsistent areas of sunlight exposure, like soffits, and you're trying to match it up with your cladding that gets lots of sun, and your soffits never see the light of day, this was sort of the pre measure, I would say. Go to this and then. At least when it cures, it may not get the same consistency of sunlight, but you can put it up there, treat it with this, and you don't have to really necessarily worry about the color from there on. It's not getting traffic that's removing any pigments or anything like that on it. It's just drying and curing. Uh, They have white washes that are like that, and it just comes out. It looks at first sort of reverse of what the natural weathering process would be. And then give it a couple of years and it's i mean it's it's brighter than gray or whatever it's 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 a patina. but you get like you get that silver yeah you get that silver and it, it's one thing it's the hardest thing for me to try to explain to people you gotta have a little patience you gotta have a little patience with this and just i know it's a lot you don't know me you won't that. get you, it in the you, first season you, right you, well, you can get close depending on what your exposures are but the so. true color of it starts getting in the second oh, yeah. third season oh s- second season for sure second season and then it just progressively gets you know more vibrant and everything like that so the people will go oh what's really the big difference maybe we'll just put it up here and i go well when this rains if you go clear without a pigment 
it's going to look like wet sort of it gets that grayish and then you start seeing some of the wood tone in and so when it rains on this stuff it's the same color as it is when you see it like that and it only progressively becomes more beautiful it's if i guess i don't know that might be my opinion <laughs> no I'm, I'm on the fence too and i i'm a wood person but i've always been of the mind do i love the silver age more than i love the original original yeah I know. it's almost one or the other i'm trying to figure out which one i do love more because i do love that patina where it ages yeah and you get that tone and that silvery tone and i love that a lot so, so if you can get that nice silvery tone it's dry and yeah and, and i tell people it's like if, if if you're okay and you know that every time you treat you're gonna liven up everything that's there for like so if you treat with oil again you're gonna get the natural wood tones are gonna pop up because yeah, that's just what yeah. wood does with oil a lot of people i've started off with gray and i just said you know why don't we just strip the color off let's just wash it like we normally would and let's just maintain it with clear you're, you're there naturally already it's easier to do but some people just they don't they're not into the silver um, really yeah so we're we've been doing some i know in my deck being i call it the learning curve experiment I, 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 yeah i i won't sell anything unless i've tried it on of my own course, place first. as you should as we all should uh so they got some great cleaning products uh brighteners and they're pro clean it's just we do a quick wash put this product on it brightens everything up and then you just let it dry like rinse off dry and it comes back and i do that part of my cleaning regime i have a full southern exposure western red cedar deck and i mean full no shade we're pushing on about, yeah, eight years since that's. This is the deck I tested all of this on. And you got pictures on Instagram of that, probably. Uh, yeah, a little while ago, there's a video one of that showed a round deck with a compass in the middle. And oh a couple yeah, of yeah, guys yeah, I know which one you're talking so about. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Okay. I, I shot that video from my upstairs deck. And, and that's eight years old. That's eight years old. And uh, now, just cleaning, put a little bit of brightener on that, and I mean, like, wow, like. If there's something that really blows me away, is there the Qtex brightening the ProClean? Like that is a truly underrated product, and they're just their detergent quick clean. Like if it's a concentrate comes in, like if you want a really good window wash cleaning from general detergent, this is the stuff it comes really, in concentrate. Huh? It cleans. Everything. I didn't know Qtech was getting into all that kind of stuff as well too, full, but it makes sense. Full it makes maintenance sense. program and yeah, everything that sense. runs with all of it. Uh, I've tried a bunch of different stuff, and there's a lot of snake oil out there. I love this product so much just because they do everything that they claim that it does and more. Like, how often can you open up a can of stain and be out there staining a minus ten? <laughs> Not recommended to do, but it, but can, they it can. can be done. Yeah, wow. Right. Like, well, they've done that because of we're in Canada. Yeah, that was just part of some of the testing stuff that we did and figured, I said, all right, when I first got it, and I said, like, all right, we're going to go down this list and we're going to test everything that it says. And we did it and it did everything. And I said, all right, let's start testing some other stuff. Let's be stupid. Let's How did it off. act like a minus 10? What, did, what was different? It's thicker. Thicker. That's like, all. Like Consistency. It, that's 100%. it. It's 100% pure oil there's no water there's no nothing in there so this nothing evaporates really out there's a very small amount of so it water. won't freeze won't freeze seven minus 17 turns to gel 
So you could literally put a little electric heating pad on this thing outside or put it in a bucket of hot water, just heating the can. And, and it'll just, activate and again. you could be outside doing that stuff, which is like down here in the city, like where I live. That's stupid. Nobody goes outside. No, no, no. It's too cold. <laughs> but, but in the core, you can the handle core, that. No problem. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really kind of jealous. Like some of you guys down here in the core, I drive down, we'll be going on our way somewhere and I'll be like, they're still working. <laughs> <laughs> in shorts. In shorts. <laughs> it's January. And yeah. they got shorts <laughs> well that's been the last couple of years but uh but yeah like it's down here in the core like and it's it's so easy to use there's a lot of products out there that give a really great result that don't require a lot on a high-end skill level to make have good success on it and this is one of them so it, it really I've, is the maintenance it's just, it, it's that word that's scaring clients and scaring possibly other tradespeople from using yeah. wood yeah i i think mostly the big thing is we started with the pre-treating because it's like, you know, this is going to be so much easier for some, like, let's not always think of the next guy. I had a really good trades guy that I, uh, and he said, you know, if I could give you any word of advice, always think of the next guy. Uh, it's kind of tough when you're a finisher. So my next guy is the client. I had said, well, let's make it easy for him. Really. Once we get it to this point, I can sell you a can of stain, a thing of cleaner, and there's no reason other than in either your physical inability to do it or cares mm -hmm. that you can't keep this thing looking like a million dollars. You know, the claim is if you would keep up on a maintenance program on this, you can extend your deck life by f like the service life of the materials on there by four times. And I'm just like, that, four times? That, really that I much? Know. Like, I'm just, okay, let's say three right now, but even three times. But people just don't give it any thought. So they just think. Okay, spring, birds are chirping, no yeah. more snow, time to move the furniture right time on there. The yeah. But before that day before you do that, the two days before you do that, just maintain it. Yeah. Just clean it, wash it. Yeah, wash it. Wash it, hose it down, put a little bit of car wash detergent, a soft bristle brush. All you're doing is you're not trying to reface it or sand it. It's just take the surface dirt off. That's all. That's all it is. How it really works and when the deck gets gray and everything and dingy and stuff like that all it's doing is the rain that's going in is picking up all the soil that's just landed the dust that's all the water causes as a as a traveling agent for that it soaks into the water and then the board is always looking for moisture and it sucks that in but it pulls the dirt in at the same time when you oil with the q-tech it uh, controls the amount of moisture intake so now instead of it being sucked in it beads and runs off the sides so now you're deck board is staying a cleaner truer color for a longer period of time so now what your level of maintenance is even less and the beauty of this is it's an accumulative process so not everything that's there wears off and disappears or lands as sanding dust this is the more you use it the less you need to use i want to bring up i know that there's a company and i don't want to attack them i don't even remember their name to be honest but this company spoke about modifying more than ash and pine <laughs> so you're probably familiar with There's a couple of them. Yeah. And, and I was skeptical because they started talking about we can modify anything. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, uh, meet the parents, you know, you got nipples. I can, uh, I can milk <laughs> anything. Right. That's yeah. and when it comes to thermally modified the process, you yeah. cannot just for fact modify everything, every no, kind of species. Yeah. Like it's kind of like cooking and baking. Uh, like it's, it's alchemy. Yes. It all has to do with heat, time, 
Uh, if anybody like if if you like to cook brisket, that's kind of kind of how you cook wood in a way. Like <laughs> slow and low for up to a certain point. Each species has its own magic yes. combination, and yes, it is true you can cook anything. But, but does it react? A few burnt yeah cakes along the way until yeah. you get it down perfect and uh i've seen you know birch birch is one area we got companies in the u.s like americana by bigman is another thermally modifier we've got uh nova wood like there's a whole bunch out there yeah, but nova wood is still ash Nova wood is still ash i don't know if they do pine. any pine right do they pine i don't think they uh, do. i think they do some pine we've got thermal wood canada they've got about three species but ash pine and i believe birch as well uh those seem to be the, the but three. is birch good i think they were using it mostly not as a decking more as a trim accessory fascia okay. boards okay. uh which in some cases like it's a nice relatively clear if you've ever had a piece of birch that's been left out and it it actually looks pretty beautiful pretty good yeah yeah Uh, another company in uh, i think wisconsin uh ecoprem they do uh southern yellow pine they thermally modified southern yellow pine clear so clear you want to see something that looks like zebra stripes when it when it when it naturally silvers really it's it's pretty strong too, but uh, it's a, it's a pre pre drill application sort of deal. If you have to pierce it, or they have side groove, which is great because okay, so that's I, I would love to get that. It's like I would love to be able to say like, yeah, whatever kind of wood you want, come on up here. This stuff like it, it's an ancient technology that has only been built upon. So which is I like it because this has been around for eons, and like you know the suji soban, the ch- Japanese charred wood that is all. Th- I love all that stuff. It's all thermal modification. Yeah. So it's just differences in how you cook it. They're more of a flambe. And uh, (laughs) this one here is a nice slow, (laughs) sort of slow cooker aspect where it's a beautiful, consistent temperature all the way through. And it's like... Like working with that stuff, and you come back, and all I want is barbecue after. My hands are just like, <laughs> it smells great. Guys love it. Everybody's going, this is nice, and it's like a whole batch, and maybe maybe a scratch on one board. Like the consistency is there, and that's what I love about it. It's just, yeah, okay, let's do this. Is there anything else you want to chat about? We've covered quite a spectrum <laughs> of stuff, man. All yeah. kinds of stuff. I mean, I really. I don't like this has not been a anti-composite, anti-PVC, no. anti-aluminum. I mean, we're two wood guys. Yeah. But the thing is that I, I I like that there's a lot of options in the market. Totally huge options. And just do your homework and speak to as many people as you can about each option that you come across and feel comfortable about it. And then hire the right person. Definitely. Make sure that person knows that product and they know how to work with it. Yeah. That's, that's important. Yeah, there's... Absolutely amazing products that are out there all around for every application. You know, aluminum rails, I think they're great. Yeah. I think, honestly, that's one of the best things that the Canadian sector has pushed into the whole industry is aluminum rails. Talk about one of the lowest levels of maintenance on the highest level of maintenance area on yeah. the deck. It's rails. That's all fit in tiny little things. Like the last thing I ever want to do is go around and treat spindles. I hate <laughs> spindles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, yeah, find someone who knows what they're doing. Find someone who's, you know, also not afraid to try, but competent enough that they have the education and foresight yeah. to say, who's also not to say, 
afraid to say, uh, I don't know, but I'm willing to look let into me it. Find well, let out. me find out. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. It just means you got to figure it out. And please, please, for all the homeowners out there that are listening, treat your deck as if it's another room inside the house. Yeah. Please treat your deck. Especially that way. these last few years or oh. last couple of years here. Imagine like, if you, yeah, you can just walk right out onto what you really wanted to walk out on. No one's traveling, being able to have that extra little spot, like, okay, like, being cooped up in the house, how much did it really force you back inside and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, just, you can't go out and eat. All of a sudden, now you have a nice little place, throw up a $20 thing of string lights out in the back or whatever like that, and you got a rom- romantic yeah, little yeah. Uh, area for dinner with the wife. Food might be burnt if you cooked it, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, man, so that, this has been great, John. Everybody, yeah. I got one last segment. You know about this. So, But, right. I mean, again, everybody, Deck Protect Inc., and it's www.deckprotect.pro, and it's sales at deckprotect.pro, and Facebook, Debt Protect Inc., and on Instagram, Debt Protect Inc. Yeah. At follow him. You ready for the 12 questions? Fire away, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite construction word? Ship it. Ship it. That's from my buddy. Every time he said, it's good enough, ship it. Ship so it. I like it. So. What is your least favorite construction word? I'm going to drop an F-bomb here, but pretty much. If You're I not hear, the first if one. If I, if I hear fuck on a job site, it's not a good thing usually. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Creating. Just it's the true. sheer working with hands. It's That's actually my biggest thing that I'm struggling with is that I'm now pushing away from work with my on hands. the tools but that's gonna that's inevitable for everybody in this industry I, uh, uh, you have to pass it on i have to pass it on and yep. just get some good people in underneath what turns you off in construction <sighs> ignorance uh, and, and being guilty of it myself of course of course man we have to humble ourselves occasionally yes. what is your favorite curse word the same one. The go-to. <laughs> the go-to. The go-to. What yeah. is your favorite uh, car, truck, or bike, or vehicle? It could be anything in the world. It doesn't have to be construction related. Uh, my sailboat. Ah, your boater. I'm a, I'm a blow boater. Mm. <laughs> what blow- kind of boat? It's a little catamaran. I call it the the, the wind rocket, and uh, it's gonna probably kill me one day. But <laughs> I'm gonna. Have, go have you put it away already, or no? No, no it's still too. <laughs> you don't put it away. Uh, not yet. I was just talking about it the other day, and. Today, as we were up north and looking at the client's dock, and it started to snow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got to put my boat away. There is a rumor <laughs> by the end of this week, a chance of flurries. Oh, I saw them already. Oh, okay. You guys are a little further north than me, <laughs> man. What is your least favorite vehicle? <sighs> a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first man but that's the vehicle i totally yeah i agree with I've you had man. A ride. <laughs> uh, what construction sound or noise do you love i love the sound of wood passing through my treatment machine it's it's got this sort of what's it sound like <laughs> Sounds like a change drawer opening and closing every time a piece of wood comes <laughs> through. So I actually will start singing Money by Pink Floyd every time I hear it. It sounds bad, but uh, it's very enjoyable sound. But it's making money. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? Drywall guns. Zoom, zoom, that little, that yeah, little, like, that strip at the end? Yeah, just that. I don't know why. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know it, what you mean. It's, it's like it's, it, I know it sounds like 
it sounds like production, but it's just like, that's not the production I do. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Like to attempt one day. Like a teacher. A teacher. I think I would probably like a trade, trade school teacher and something, just sharing something like that nice. and working with young people and building, building up. What profession would you not like to do? Hmm. Accountant. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that one's mentioned quite a few on the show. I can imagine because <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> office, any office <laughs> job. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done, good and faithful servant. That's it, John. Thank you so much, man. You're Great to see welcome. you. I really appreciate you. you being on the show and sharing quite a bit, actually. A lot. Wow. A lot. Like, hopefully, everyone's listening and paying attention. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of tradespeople start their careers by building a deck or a fence. Yeah. And it just expands into other trades from there. Yeah. It so. was yeah. a lot of little inter intricacies of the of the trade, foundational, right up through structural, yeah. and to finish fine carpentry Finishing. and yes. fine flooring and inlays and all that sort of stuff. You it's gotta, all there. You got to be there all the way, and you got to make sure it all works together as one. Everybody, check him out online. Check out what he's got to share. Deck Protect Inc. And it's www.deckprotect.pro. Sales at deckprotect.pro. Deck Protect Inc. on Facebook and Deck Protect Inc. on Instagram. Yeah, there you go. It's a lot of Deck Protect, man. <laughs> I know, it's a lot of Deck Protect. <laughs> well, <laughs> John, thanks so much, man. We are already welcome, here till the next show, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. There. All right. Thank you. We are out of here.